Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, it's February 7th, Friday, February 17, 2023. I can't believe it. This is a, I would say prophetic. I don't know if it's a prophetic uh, day, but every time we hit a 17, all the patriots will say 17 is Q. It's the, the 17th letter of the alphabet is a Q. So people say maybe something big's going to happen on this day. But anyway, it's kind of fun to look at that and speculate it um, uh, on, on it. There's amazing stuff about the whole Q stuff. By the way, if you ever, and you all can look this up if you want to on the President John F. Kennedy on his uh, grave side. If you take the camera above it and you can find it online, there's a big old Q. There's a big old uh, circle around the grave site and a, and a sidewalk that comes out that, pr- that creates an obvious cue from the air. So you can say, Steve, you're full of it. But I actually looked at that up and I thought, wow, that is a cue. So fun, fun stuff to speculate on. We don't get very far with speculation, but it was kind of interesting stuff. So, All right, we're going to bring Robin Bullock on in just a minute. Uh, very quickly, let's run a, um, a quick reminder about the wells that you were digging uh, with us. So here we go with that. I'm here at one of the Water Well Commission, and it is so much joy. It has been a heavy downpour. Everyone is stuck in their seats, excited about this miracle that is happening right here. Today, the joy, joy, joy is so much. to say thank you so much to everyone that has made this possible. The people right here are overjoyed and they have trusted God for this water well. So thank you! The reason so many people were gathered around that well rejoicing and praising God is that most of them were walking miles to get to a water source. Many of them, I don't know if they would go to the same one or various water sources from their village because they there was no fresh water near them. Now that's close to where they all live. Uh, and that was a real celebration over one well, just one fresh well that you dug uh, with us, that you supported us, uh, just one well. We've done around 100 of them now. I don't have the exact count. And there's those kind of celebrations on every single one of those. So. Uh, if you were God, I mean, you know, how do I say this? God being who God is, he's, he just can't help himself but reward all of those of you who are who have sacrificed and sent your money in, both to support this ministry and then the spillover. We, we're digging all of these wells and other things that we're, we're going to continue to share new things this year. All right. One more thing I want to show you before we bring Robin. This will be somewhere between serious and fun. Uh, you know, the, that, that weather balloon that some people say was sent from China, they finally shut that, shot that down, and now they got a little trigger happy. They've got these $400,000 Sidewinder missiles, and they're shooting down anything that moves, including, including this, either, depending on the report, you read, either a $12 or a $13 balloon that this club sent, sent up, and they were tracking it. Uh, and and when, they, when, they, when they shut that down, I'm going, Oh no, maybe I did that. So without, here, let's have some fun. Here's the balloon I sent up in 1977. There it is. That skinny guy to the right, that taller, that's me in 1977 with my fifth and sixth graders. 
as we set this balloon up. It was hilarious. You know, you know, we we had to pick a cold day in California, which is hard, and then you, we heated it up with a hair dryer and set that thing up. So uh, I, I I was thinking about that balloon, thinking, man, a twelve or thirteen. I think I paid more for that in nineteen seventy seven. So. They used a $400,000 Sidewinder missile to shoot down something like that. So amazing, amazing, amazing. I just thought I'd have a good laugh about that. So, all right, time for Robin Bullock. Let's bring him in right about now. Here we go. And there, did you see my balloon I set up there? Did I you saw that, brother. I saw that. You know, that if, was I was awesome, any, man. if I was any skinnier, that hairdryer would have blown me. <laughs> man, you know, I listen, I understand. I was so little, as they say. I was so skinny growing up. If I'd have turned sideways and stuck my tongue out, I'd look like a zipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of those. Yeah, I think I was either one. I think if I remember right, I was 132 pounds, and my my jean size was I was 28. That was the waist was a 28 waist. I don't want to be that skinny, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> man, I like your jacket. Well, thank you. Yeah, I believe it or not, I've had this for a lot of years, and I finally I've been losing weight on purpose, and I finally fit in this thing. So. Man, that's awesome. That looks awesome. Well, I almost wore a, a. This is serious. I almost wore a black shirt and a black tie so I would match with you. And I said, "No, let the profit be all black. I'll just have some." Well, man, that's awesome though. A leather that makes a statement. There you go. Hey, did you see? You know, uh, I don't know if you heard this because you're probably not online that much, but. Nathan French gave me a um, Cessna 182, and I've got a brand new plane. I'm not a brand new. It's a 1974 with a brand new oh, engine. Oh, that's awesome. And that's what made me think of it because I wore this jacket and posed next to it. So they took delivery last week. I don't know how to fly it yet. but awesome. uh, I took flight lessons when I was 12 years old in a Cessna. Yeah. And so a lot of that's in my brain. That's almost oh, like sure. muscle memory because I think if I if I had to, if I really had to, I might be able to land a Cessna, but you know, I'm not going to try. Oh it. yeah. We're, you know, I've got over a hundred and something hours in a plane. Wow. What kind of plane, plane do you have, Robin? I don't have one, but we're, but we're going to have one before the year's over. Uh, we're we're going to need one. So, Good. you know, but I, I used to fly. I was, I, I flew a lot and, but you know, over a hundred and something hours, but I That's still a don't lot have of hours, life. man. That's a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I still don't have my license. I would run out of time every time and start ministering or something again. And, were you flying? Uh, you were pilot piloting it, but uh, other one. Or, yeah, or I, thought I was a student pilot. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I flew lawnmowers with wings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to want to go ahead. I used to want to buy one of those uh, gyrocopter kits that had popular science or popular. Oh, yeah. Material. That would be fun. Yeah. I'm not that risky anymore. Well, I'm so excited about your plane, brother. That's well, awesome. Thank you. I mean, I felt like it was a prophetic act because I'm like you. I'm sure. going to own uh, more than that one day because God's actually shown us that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. this was like a down payment. and uh, That's awesome. I didn't realize that because it's 74. They stopped making it for, for a few years and they started it back because the 182 is so popular. Man, that's but a I, good plane. The guy that brought that delivered it, I said, well, what year is this? He goes, that's 74. And he said, honestly, it's one of the newer ones that I, yeah. he, he ferries planes back and forth. So yeah, uh, man, that's, yeah. that's a good plane. That's uh, a very good plane. Awesome. Well, I remembered that you flew and I thought I got to tell Robin yeah. this. I'm, yeah, I'm so glad so you did, man. I'm excited for you. Yeah. That's awesome. It'll be fun. We can talk shop with planes when we, yeah. when we see, um, let's see, we've got an announcement we'll, we'll make later. Cause, 
Okay. Um, I, I, better, I better not say that right now because if I, if I dip my toe in it, we'll need to go there. Um, what do I want to – okay, we've got two – we've got a, a, a balloon prophecy and we've got the Jesus movement prophecy from you. What, what should we play first? Well, you talked about the balloons. Go ahead and show that. Okay, so go ahead and show that, Emily. Watch this. Yes. Saw something last night. The Lord brings this back to my mind to trigger something in my thinking. Something about a hot air balloon. Something about a big one, or Maybe not so big, but big in what's coming. I don't, I don't, but it has to do with it. We just lift up our hands and we thank God for the prophetic value that He gives us. Things to say. Things that He wants told. Lord, is there anything else on today's program you want told from this platform? I will tell it. I will not back up from it. If you tell me what to say, is there anything else? I had a a whisper of a hot air balloon. I don't, I don't know, but I, it was just a whisper vision. That's, I know that sounds strange, but that's the only way I know to explain it right now. It was a whisper vision. It just kind of was there and moved. I saw that when I asked him that. Broad daylight, there's no way that I could be seeing a star right now. And it was too big to be a star. Um, and so... I grabbed a couple of my coworkers just to make sure that I wasn't hallucinating. A nation on high alert tonight after the Pentagon confirmed a mysterious flying object above the U.S. is a suspected Chinese spy balloon. Breaking news right now from the Pentagon, which is now confirming there is a second Chinese balloon flying over South America following multiple sightings reported over Colombia and Venezuela. Wow, that was four years ago. I'd never even heard your name yet, Robin. That was a long time ago. Yeah, you know, and and I used to see things like that back in even earlier, but I remember one time I heard a word and and it was um I heard something about uh Siberia. Siberia. And I'm standing in Warrior, Alabama, and I heard Siberia and I told it on on line, you know, on camera. And then it was like a week after that in a remote city uh, in Siberia, a hotel caught on fire and it killed so many people. Oh, wow. And I only heard it as a vague whisper of something and or not, like it was a long way from me. And, and like that balloon, I kept hearing a balloon and I said it before then there was even some before then I would talk about. And, um, I would hear this balloon and I knew it was and I called it a whisper. It was just a whisper. Well, they called it a spy balloon. And I said it was a whisper that went by. And I couldn't explain exactly. Oh, so what you're connecting the word whisper oh, with, yeah. with, with spy. spy. Oh, yeah, I, oh, there you go. And and notice it said in the first the first one, the Lord said it wasn't so big in its size as it was big in what it's pointing to or what's coming from it what's going to come after that yeah and look what's happened it wasn't huge in its size but look what it sparked and look yeah. what's happened since then well you know and now our people are talking about ufos and there's a new task force mm. that the white house has set up mm. for you it's just crazy but 
but yeah. you said it's going to be, it's not that big. I'm kind of, I didn't write your words down, but it's like, it's not that big, but it might be, it turned into something bigger. Yeah, um, I said it wasn't big in the size of the balloon, but it's big in what's coming. Yeah. And so now look at the deal they've made out of it. Look how big it's become. It just keeps escalating, escalating. And um, this thing is, it's yet to be seen what will, what will come out of it. I mean, it's just beginning. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when I say things like that in 2019, I, could, I knew you can tell when it's a long way from you. It's just out there somewhere. Yeah, and, uh, and I I really respect and admire that you were willing to. You didn't know. You said, "Lord, I'll say anything." You said it right on camera. Whatever yeah. you tell me, I'll say. And all he said was the whisper and the balloon, and you didn't get much more than that. Mm-hmm. But you know that sounds like the you know, you're not just being obedient to the Lord only, but you're training people. Say what you got and don't add to it. Just say what you got. Because you could have well, started commentating on it right then, but you didn't. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you only can say what you hear, and I didn't hear anything else. Yeah. And so, but now look how big that one little, we would say little prophecy. Yeah. There's no prophecy small. Right. But now look how big it is in the scope of everything. And uh, just about a balloon. And, and now I watched we- that twice and maybe three times with this one. Mm-hmm. I watched it three times and not, not one time did I make the connection that whisper was the spy, but it makes perfect sense. Sure. I just thought it God was giving you a whisper prophecy. He was just lightly saying it. So that's, that's instructive to us too. listen well, to every it, word. And it was actually a girl, uh, Katie that works with us that pointed that out to me said, really? look, notice it's a whisper prophecy. And, and if you'll notice in the first, first prophecy, that I said about the balloon, you can hear the air. If you listen, you can hear the, the wind blowing from the music remember, was it from the music or what? Well, what happened was is back in those days, uh, I would, and we didn't plan this. We didn't know when it was going to happen, right. but I would hit a certain pedal or something. And this wind would start blowing through my amplifier. And that's what you're listening to. If you go back and play just the first part of it again, the viewers can hear the air in the balloon. Yeah, you want to do it? You want to play it again? Yeah, let's go ahead and run that again. Here we go. Yes. Saw something last night. The Lord brings this back to my mind to trigger something in my thinking. Something about a hot air balloon. Something about a big one, Nora. Maybe not so big, but big in what's coming. I don't, I don't, but it has to do with it. We just lift up our hands and we thank God for the prophetic value that he gives us. Things to say. Things that he wants told. Lord, is there anything else on today's program you want told from this platform? I will tell it. I will not back up from it. If you tell me what to say, is there anything else? I had a, a whisper of a hot air balloon. I don't, I don't know, but I, it was just a whisper vision. That's, I know that sounds strange, but that's the only way I know to explain it right now. It was a whisper vision. It just kind of was there and moved. 
I saw that when I asked him that. You're right. You could hear that. You could hear yeah. the whisper. You could hear mm-hmm. the wind. Wow. Uh, you could hear it. It sounds like uh, it sounds like when a hot air balloon's being filled up. Yeah. And so look how important just a simple word became. Now it's world news. And so people shouldn't, you know, you should never. Uh, don't despise a small beginning. Oh, that's amazing. Well, should and, we play? Why don't we play this other one? This was only last yeah. week. Last time you were on the program. Now, this thing in Asbury, Kentucky, I think it is, had mm-hmm. not happened yet. Okay. And right. it had not happened. And by the way, there's a movie coming out with Kelsey Grammer that's talking mm-hmm. about the Jesus movement. It just, they started releasing yesterday and today uh, mm-hmm. about the movie. Kelsey Grammer plays Chuck Smith. But uh, you didn't know any of that, right? Did you know? Oh, I knew about I knew about the movie. Okay, you did. Okay, but I didn't know anything about Asbury and all of that. I mean, I had no clue. Okay, so let's play that uh, prophecy from last week. Here we go. Okay, the Lord told me this on February the first this year. He said this. He said, um, "We have approached a time of a true revolution in the spirit." The wind of the spirit has truly gone out to all the four corners of the earth to bring about revival, a revival the likes of which we've never seen. It is more than a revival. It is renewal and rebirth. It's going to look like a revolution, not a revolution like you might think, but a revolution of belief. And it will come on the lips of those who do not look like religion says they should look. They will not dress the way religion says they'll dress. And yes, they'll not talk the way religion says they should talk. The revolution of the spirit that is coming will be resurrection power. It will raise the dead of this world. Wow! It'll be the resurrection days and hours of the glory of God, and it will raise the dead of this world. Those from all walks of life, cowboys, hippies, the pierced, the tattooed, it will raise a Jesus revolution. They will look different, and they will love one another. But religion hates love so it will hate them. A revival of the prophets came to proclaim the renewal, the restoration, and the revolution to come. But religion hated it. The people saw and heard the words of the prophets and knew God had not forgotten them. But religion hated the way prophets looked and sounded and so decided to destroy it even if it meant in injuring the revolution to come. Wow. The prophets are like the voice of one crying in the wilderness, shouting to the people, get ready for the move to come. It has now fallen into the arena of decision. Who will believe? It is now in the arena of decision as to what you will believe, religion or the move of the spirit. It is for you to decide, but decide quickly, says the Lord, for we are only months away from its beginning. Wow, months away. And that was just last the last episode. 
you were on. Yeah, and and I had I had read that same prophecy on the eleventh hour, the Tuesday, I think, before I came on the program with you. And uh, of course, I didn't know anything about all of this breaking out. But but listen to this, Steve. They sent me this, and I'm trying to find the date on it. This might have been back in 21 or 20. I don't know, but listen what this says. Okay. It says um, says there was a message in tongues, and I gave the interpretation, and I said, uh, hear the word of the Lord. What I do next, I will do openly. I do it before all people, before all nations. I will redraw the lines of nations. Wow. I will take unity out of universities and oh, I will man. bring forth my diversity. No more will the generations of my children be stolen for I have, I will take my time. It is mine, says the Lord. So good. Now, Robin, I got to ask you this mm -hmm. or, or mention this. There are skeptics who heard that and they'll go, that's not a fulfillment because... Uh, these are conservative Christians in a conservative community, and you're talking about people with piercings and tattoos. Address mm -hmm. what 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 you will on that, because there's obviously speculation. Mm -hmm. But go go ahead and address that. I will. Uh, well, of course. Now, if they say that about that, but what I just read, yeah, about universities, I'm going yeah. to do that and all that. That's obviously what yeah, that is. Absolutely, you know, and yeah. so. And this is the way I see this. Um, the universities is a fulfillment of that. Yeah. What you and just what read. I see coming now, and I could show you uh, prophecy after prophecy from, from a couple years gone by, how God's going to do this big revival. And uh, I'll tell you this. Now, revival and a revolution is two different things. People need to remember that. Um, what, what's we're about to put together a prophecy that I gave about the time of a train. And I talked about this train oh, really? and what's going to happen. And during this time of this train, this incident with this train, yeah, there's going to be a great revival breakout oh, man. all around the same time. And so Crazy. we've got, we've got that we're putting together today. And, um, of course, what you're looking at in these universities is revival. This is revival breaking out. And uh, it's going to lead to a revolution, a Jesus revolution. Well, it's interesting you said it's going to lead because I saw mm. in this morning a clip. I didn't get a chance to listen to it where it said a person was being delivered from demons in that chapel. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Uh, that's right, man. Here it's, we go. It's, it's going right up to it. And, and I mean, all of this is together and we know there just was a big incident happened with a train. Yeah. And at the same time, a big revival has broken out. And so God is, he's showing us, you know, and people look and say, and now look at the Asbury revival has already shown up on Fox news. You know, they did an interview with somebody from there. And I don't know if you know it, but now one they told me yesterday has broke out in uh, Sanford here in, in Birmingham and one in Lee, uh, I, I guess in Tennessee. And now another one in Georgia, somebody said Georgia, and they're breaking out in these universities. 
Well, the Lord said right there, I'm going to take the unity from the universities and put in my diversity. And it's, I'm going to do this, he said. Well, he's doing it. Well, yeah, and one of my staff just put, typed this in the, in the videos of Asbury. You can clearly see older women and men who have come to the chapel to see what was going on. So there are people with tattoos and drug addicts involved. Um, I hear there's been healings and, of course, the deliverance. So it's, yeah, it's like the diversity that you're seeing or that we're now seeing it unfold yes. is going to be, it's not just going to be, okay, well, black and white are going to be together. No, no. And young, it's like diversity of all kinds. It's of going, and it's going to break out into a Jesus revolution. Gee. You can just count on it. Yeah. I mean, it's already started and the Lord has confirmed it over and over and over and over. And, um, uh, just like that about the diversity thing yeah. in the universities. Now, now, what else is he talking about? He said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, uh, he is, he's had it with them stealing his children, his heritage. And so now this revival's breaking out. It'll spread around to even more, but you watch a revolution's coming. Hey, I got to tell this because you just said that yeah. he's going to, and you said it two or three times. There was someone who quoted and they're saying, the trouble with uh, prophets and the people of God is that they've got, I'm going to itis or God's going to itis. And they, they, they put a disease in the itis. And I'm like, oh, there's something wrong with saying this is what God's going to do. I mean. Well, you know, is, is there anything wrong with saying what he's going to do? I don't think so. I mean, I, why would you do that? The Bible talks about that a lot. said, He's going to do things so marvelous. It'll make the ears of people that hear it tingle. Gee. I mean, yeah. You know? And that's just the problem. Hope does not yeah. disappoint us. Uh, encourage one another as, as long as it's yeah. called today, you know, it's like, you know, you know, here's the thing. A prophet friend of mine sent me, and this is a warning to people. Now, now this, now people should take this to heart because God, God sends prophets when times are absolutely perilous. Yeah. When times are dangerous, when, when, uh, through a prophet's ministry comes preservation and deliverance, Hosea says in, in Daniel's day, you know, when a prophet prayed and all, then the Lord, the angel came. He always sends prophets when times just look like they're, I mean, they're really bad. And, uh, people that come against prophets and prophecy to start with, they don't, they don't know what they're talking about mm. because they're not prophets and yeah. they don't have one clue how a prophet operates. And so, but here's something a prophet friend of mine sent me and it's, I think it's numbers the 16th chapter and it's when Korah, Dathan and Abiram and all came out against Moses and Aaron. And people need to take heed to that yeah. because when they come and start attacking a prophet, they are setting that in motion for themselves. You're going to see people that, that do these kind of things, man, I'm telling you. And it talks about tents. It talks about them in their tents. Oh yeah. It, it does. talks about what's happening. It talks that you need, people need to take heed to that. Because you start attacking prophets in a, in a time when God is trying to bring a breath of deliverance to the people. And he's trying to show the people he hasn't forgotten them. 
That's good. You know, how many prophecies have to come to pass before you believe that it's real? See, and, you know, I gave the prophecy. I gave a prophecy in 2016 that there was a sickness coming to the earth. 2016, Steve. You did. I I think I heard that one. Yeah, there's a sickness coming, and it would be a harvest for the children of the wicked one. And I said, it will make the earth tremble, this sickness. And then in 2019, on April the 30th, I gave a prophecy again that it was like an epidemic, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. You were struggling to find the right word. And then you said epidemic, yeah. Yeah, and I said unscrupulous people would take advantage of that. That's right. Well, I was looking at an old notebook two days ago and the Lord tried to get me to look at it for two days. (laughs) And it was a little notebook that I used to keep by my bed at night. And I'd write down whatever he'd say at night. Cause I've, I've been doing that for years now, right in the dark, you know? And, um, I picked it up and I laid it on my desk and (laughs) went by it again the next day or so. The Lord said, pick that up. And it was 2020. I think it was New Year's Eve, and and we were going into the year 2020. Listen to what was said. I got to reading it, and it says just parts of it. It said, there is a snake raising its head this year, talking about this year in 2020. Yeah. It said it's raising its head across the sea. And he said, it will raise its head. And then it starts talking about the land of the rigshaw. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And then it starts talking about, it says in the land of the rigshaw, it's talking about a snake will raise its head. And uh, it, it starts talking about what's coming in 2020. And I'm trying to think of, of the one. Rickshaw is China, right? Is it China, right? Rickshaw is China. Uh, okay. Yeah, and if I could remember everything it said, it was yeah. like it, it's like exactly what happened in 2020. It just happened, and that's before anybody knew anything. Yeah. Well, okay, I had given the prophecy in 16, given it again in 19. And between 16 and 19, I would constantly walk up to the platform and it can be seen online. And I would say, everything you know is about to change and it'll never go back to the way it was. Mm. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And I'd ask the Lord, I said, what is it, Lord? What is going to change? And then I gave the prophecy in 19, this sickness was coming. And in 2020, on New Year's Eve, I said a snake would rise up, show its head. It would begin over there, and it would come this direction, and in the land of the rigshaw, and so on and so forth. And then it started talking about things that just happened. And, and so you see these prophecies, and then you see prophecies like that from 19 about the balloons. Um, you see... Uh, things like this about the universities and God's going to bring diversity into the universities. And he's going to, in other words, it's going to be like a revival. And, um, 
you, you hear these Jesus revolution prophecies and you hear all of that stuff. And then we see things like Asbury break out and people actually in, in God's people come out and criticize that move in that college. Are asking, people criticizing that? Yeah, right? asking, is it real? Uh, saying this is not this and this is not that. And I want to ask them. I get so tired of that. I Sorry. just want to ask God's people that are saying that. Have you ever helped anybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done anything for anybody to encourage their faith? I mean, what does God have to yeah, do? I'd like to ask him, Robin, have you ever gotten on a plane and just gone to go see for yourself? Or do you just sit back? Because, you know, even when the 1994, that blessing thing, we got on a plane. And we yeah. went to Toronto. You find out. I don't know. Okay, I'll, don't get me started. But, I mean, yeah, what man, is this? Man. Do, do I mean, what does he have to do to make people believe? I mean, to show them something. And, and when he finally does bring a revival, because it didn't come the way they dress and the way they look and the way they think and the way they do, then it can't be real because it didn't come through me. And so now you're talking about a whole level of arrogance that don't yeah. even... You, you know, Robin, God's been saying this for the last actually year plus, but uh, it has to do with cynicism and faithlessness. You know, I'm just people that are cynical about everything they say. Mm. And and this is what the Lord's saying. That is a very unattractive quality to the Lord. Uh, he is, is so unattractive to be cynical. Well, I just feel like we need to be careful. That's extremely unattractive to the Lord. I'm just saying that was by revelation God clearly. Yeah clearly said that to me. It's If you think that's a quality thing to doubt everything, that's not true. It's not a quality thing to doubt everything. No, it's, it's, uh, it's hopelessness. You, yeah. you, you, it's, it's actually somebody's afraid they can't control it. Yeah. You know, that's they huge. want to control everything. They have to have control. You know, I, I remember hearing a conversation about John Kerry. And I gave that word, what I heard said in that conversation. And I heard a man who had kind of hair on each side of his head, but it was kind of balding here, but here, and he was dressed nice. And they were talking and said, let's throw him carry. Let's just throw him out there. Said, he's no good for anything anymore. We'll just throw him out there. And I gave the, I gave the prophetic word about that. it. I remember In 21 that. days after they, they talked about trying carry for treason. Because he was, they said he ought to be tried for treason because he discussed, I think, Israel's secrets with Iran. And the guy I saw, the leader, was balding with his hair a little bit. Really? Here. And it was, I heard their conversation in their bedroom. Well, I heard the, about the ship that got stuck in the Suez yeah, Canal. You did. That you upset did. everybody. Okay. We keep talking about things of this accuracy like that and still people say well i don't know about these prophets now you're walking on dangerous ground you really are you really are and you know uh, well it's because, so displeasing to the lord it's like if you want to be on yeah. his good side that's not it that's not how you do it well see yeah. and it's like cora and dathan they finally came up it's, people ought to read that in in number 16 yeah. what happened and how they came up and came against Moses. 
and they came against uh, Aaron and they talked and they died in their man, their, their tents, everything. They died there. The ground swallowed them. And, and then the 250 that followed them was cremated by lightning that fell from the sky and just cremated them right there on the spot. And, and you know, that still didn't stop people. The very next day, they came to Moses and said, you kill God's people. You kill oh, God's people. Oh, and Moses, man. Moses prayed. And he said, he said, um, I told Aaron said, fill your, your censer and run between the people and make intercession for them. Listen to this said, because the plague broke out immediately in the people killed 14,700 people. And Aaron stood between the living and the dead, making intercession for them. Now, this is all because they attacked a prophet. And people don't seem to get that, that people died in their tents. They died. You, you don't, uh, you're going to hear of this kind of thing, Steve. I mean, you just don't keep doing that because, and to show you where the prophets were, Moses fell on his face. Every time they said something, he'd fall on his face and pray, fall on his face and pray, trying to make intercession for people. And uh, you're going to hear of that. Well, you know, and this wasn't about prophets per se, although the apostles were all also operating that, but the whole wisdom of Gamaliel was let these men alone. Yeah. You know, if, if, if it's not of God, it will come to nothing. You know, but if it is of God, you find yourself kicking against God. And yet there's been a modern day movement where people have whole ministries. Uh, I'm talking about even decades of this, not just something, anything recent, mm -hmm. but they have whole ministries to tr discredit people they disagree with mm -hmm. their theology. And, and even Gamaliel had the wisdom of let these men alone. It'll come to nothing if it's not God. So I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you something. What's going to happen? is, you know, when Elisha, when the man came to Elisha's door and Elisha gave the prophetic word and said, tomorrow about this time, there'll be an abundance of food. You know, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. He said, it's going to be such an abundance of food. And the captain on whose hand the king leaned looked at Elisha and said, if the Lord made windows in heaven, might this thing be? And Elisha said, you will, you will see it but you will never partake of it. And I'm going to tell you something. The Jesus revolution is going to come and the critics and those who attack and those who do will never get to partake of that. They'll go into their tents and they'll never come out. Yeah, you watch and see because Gee. this thing has come down and it's enough. Enough is enough. You have to hear the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord is this. It's not just prophets you're fighting. It is God himself you're boxing and your arms are too short to box God. Yeah. And he's yeah. going to do what he's going to do. And he's already started in the universities and you who are not prophets and you claim to be prophets. Enough is enough. I, I, Moses said in number 16, he said, God, don't accept their grain offerings anymore. Don't wow. accept it at all. He said, don't even accept it anymore. And when he did, he said, and the ground, he said, if they die a natural death, he said, then you'll know I'm not sent from God. That's what Moses said. Wow, and he I said in the next one. breath, 
He said the next thing that happened, the earth opened up and swallowed them. Now, this is the dangerous ground people are walking on. And you know what? It, it's, it's, it, it don't, I, to me, it don't matter so much whether you believe me or, or another prophet or not. But when you start afflicting the sheep that's running around and you afflict the flocks of God and you start destroying the faith of his heritage yeah. and you start doing things like that, I'm saying this now, God, Lord, do not accept their grain offerings. Don't even accept their offerings anymore because they have set their, their minds to destroy the flock of God. And they would injure the revolution in order just to be right. Men will walk into their tents and they'll not walk out again, my friend. And you're going to see this stuff start coming to pass. And it's not me talking right yeah, now. I was going to I've point sat that out. right here on this set. I've sat here in this chair and I've sat here for the last 10 minutes, probably. And the Lord said, are you going to say it? Are you going to say wow. it? Are you going to oh, say man. it? Are you going to say it? I was going to so say, Robin, ready. real quick. I wanted to point out real quick. People, you're not, you're not saying this because you're angry. You're saying this because it's, it's from the Lord. And I, I know the difference. This is not angry, it, Robin. This is like the anger of the Lord. When it comes Robin. up in my spirit that this is what's happened yeah. because now it has taken the sheep by the back of the neck and sticking their head in underwater and trying to drown them because God sends the sheep hope yeah. and he sends the flock hope and he does a revival. He promised he would do. And when he, and the prophets are the ones that prophesied it, they prophesied it over and over and over. Someone told me Dutch sheets to maybe two years ago prophesied this thing that was coming. Others have prophesied it's coming. I've got prophecies I've given from year, uh, years ago that said there's big revivals about to break out and it's coming and it's coming. And then all at once, prophets are attacked. Prophets are attacked and prophets won't defend themselves. They won't say anything. But you've grabbed the sheep by the neck and stuck their little heads under the water. Oh, man. And when it comes time to drowning the sheep and the foal of God, this is a dangerous situation. And it has just elevated to a greater danger. Now, quit criticizing Asbury. Quit criticizing all of these revivals that are coming because the revolution is about to show up on the earth. And Steve, when it, ha when it hits, you're going to see a separation of belief like you've never seen before, ever. Separation you know, of belief, by that you mean? People are going to, you're going to see Pharisees and Sadducees. One believes in angel and resurrection. The other believes in neither. And you're going to see it all. And people think that they control everything. Why do you think God can only move through you? Why would you think such a thing? Why? Why do you think that God, and I'm talking to religious people, why do you think God can only move through you? Why does it have to be? Do you know what denominations are? Denominations, for the most part, are fossilized thoughts etched in rock that can never be changed. They started with a, re with a revelation, but then they became a fossilized carving inside a rock that people didn't want to see that revelation progress any further. 
and move any further. So they said, this is the only way it can be forever. You know, Robin, I wanted to, there are people who are currently embracing Asbury. Um, uh, and they they're, they're, conser- they're conservative um, commentators and they're loving what they're seeing, but they're also seeing so far no uh, demonstrations of power. But it's going to power, right? It will It will move to power. And so the people who are conservative commentators need to be exhorted, let this thing keep going when it goes beyond your understanding. And all of a sudden people are getting delivered of demons and people are speaking in tongues. You better be cautious, right? I don't know. What are your thoughts? You know, you know, here, here is something to me. People say it's, it's no power, no power. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, that's power? true too. Yeah. Do you realize that the greatest miracle and the greatest act of God's power is to see somebody born from death to life? That's true. I mean, that's the biggest miracle we've ever seen. Yeah. You're, every time someone's born again, it's it's raising from the dead. Yeah. It's translating somebody from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. That's the greatest thing that's ever existed. And people say, well, you know, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. You know, I want to ask again, have you ever helped anybody? (laughs) I mean, really, have you ever opened your mouth and helped anybody? Such a probing question. Oh, man, such a question. Yeah. Well, I mean, you talk about God, but when he shows up, you don't believe in him. And he, he says something. Okay, here it is. You know the ranks people have joined? The virgin will conceive. Genesis 3.15, and the seed of the woman's coming. The virgin will conceive, Isaiah said. It tells what town, where he's going to be, what tribe he's coming from, everything else. And then suddenly Mary, the virgin Mary, says, be it done unto me according to your word. And she gives birth to the promise of the ages. Even Genesis 5, the genealogy in Genesis 5 actually declares this. It says, for man will come a substituted mortal, and for his appointed sorrow, it said, the great God will come down out of heaven teaching, and at his death will bring the despairing rest. That's in Genesis 5. Wow. And it just goes on and on and that's on. Genesis and on. That's Genesis 5? Yeah, Genesis. that's all the names of the genealogy defined in Hebrew oh, okay. tells that story. And so it tells all this. And then suddenly she gives birth. The virgin conceives, gives birth to a son who fulfills over 300 prophecies in like, uh, I don't know. And so all of this happens and still people say, do you think he's really the way? Do you think he's really? <laughs> and 80% of the Christians now, I think the last thing I heard don't even believe Jesus is the only way to God. Mm. What does he have to do? You know, I remember one time years ago, I was watching. I loved Carmen. You know, yeah, I did too. Amazing. Carmen was so, he was so far ahead of his time. And, you know, and he, he was, and he did unorthodox things, you know, and, I went to see him years and years ago, and it, when he quit carrying a band, it was just him. 10,000 people came out to see one guy stand on stage with a guitar and just sing and talk. 
but he started doing things like Satan bite the dust and he'd make yeah. many movies and, you know, and Stephen Yake, I think would help him, you know, that worked on fire by night and all that kind of stuff. And they would begin and then TBN, you know, put out like help produce a movie with him and so forth. And I remember I went to a concert one night and watched him and I was talking to a dear friend of mine. He's in heaven now. And, you know, but the truth, you know, is the truth. And he, he said, you know, I don't know if I like Carmen. I just don't like Carmen. And he's a born again believer. I said, really? I said, man, I went to his concert and a thousand people probably got saved. That yeah. night. And he said, well, 10,000 might've got saved if he hadn't acted the way he did. Oh man. <laughs> I went, I've been to two of his, of his concerts and other than being very, very loud, but so was Kim Clement. That guy, that guy. Well, don't the come gospel. Near us, man. Yeah. That guy, <laughs> that guy preached the gospel in his, when he had dancers oh. with them and when he didn't have dancers with them both ways, I've seen it both ways. Oh, and man. then I, I understood the gospel and the, and the issues of good and evil and Satan and, and the Lord more than almost any, uh, definitely oh, yeah. more than any concert I've ever been to, any Christian concert. It was just like, yeah, and he was so innovative. He was yeah. so oh, yeah. innovative. And secular artists, you know, would watch him, watch his concerts to see what he was doing because he really? wouldn't charge a fee. And yeah. yet he filled up the, what, the Houston Astrodome, I think. And so, you know, 70,000, I think, came out to see. And so you, but my point being is that, you know, Jesus said about him and John the Baptist, he said, John the Baptist came uh, not eating or drinking. You said he had a demon. He said, I came eating and drinking. You said, look at this glutton and wine bibber. In other words, they don't have no support for you, whether you go or stay. And so God, they pray for God, sin, revival, sin, revival, sin, revival but he didn't send it with three hymns and receiving the offering between 11 and 12 o'clock. <laughs> and so all of a sudden people don't like it. And so I'm back to my question. Have you ever helped anybody? Yeah. I mean, really God is doing something and prophets prophesy. We hate them. Uh, revival breaks out in a conservative church. Oh, it ain't of God. And then on and on it goes. It's just never satisfying to God's people. You know, Joel Osteen to come on and smile big and say, God loves you. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. There's something wrong with him. He smiles too much. I mean, yeah, they call him, what do they call him? The, uh, the blessing you just, pastor, you know, or he's the, yeah, he's the, He's well, just remember, a blessing pastor. And I'm thinking, well, what kind did you want? Cursings? What did well, you want? Well, remember all Roberts used to say, they got mad at him. Something good's going to happen to you today. They get mad at him. Oh, look at him saying something good going to happen to you today. What do you want him to say? Something <laughs> bad going to happen to you today? I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous. I mean, and I can only speak for, for this ministry. Yeah. But if I sit here and named you, all they have to do is go to my website. Look at the prophecies that were given that happened. That were just spot on. I mean, just count them, look Absolutely. at them and start following them and then say, well, you know, I don't know if I believe that or not. 
what does God have to do? Yeah. And by the way, I want to say, I want to clarify something I said earlier. If this revival, as we know it, mm. and it's already catching on for different universities are already reporting it's yeah. caught, it's caught over here and it's caught over yeah. here. And someone said they received it in Ukraine that that's already been seen in Ukraine. If it never went beyond what we're seeing now where it's quiet and it's peaceful and it's sweet and the, you know i'll get on a plane and go see it i'll be i'll get oh. on a plane and go experience it you know it doesn't have to be uh in the sense of t- tongues and deliverances not god can deliver a demon quietly too by the way so just well you know what here is the thing steve people's got to get born again first yeah i mean yeah. they got to come to jesus first yeah. Yeah. before anything else can happen. You know, we were involved here in Warrior one time <clears throat> with a uh, 50 night. It was 50 straight consecutive night move of God. And uh, we it was the Lord. It was like an outpouring. But it started with uh, we would we would go and pray. We'd lay on our faces and pray mm-hmm. on Tuesday nights and we'd pray every Tuesday, every Tuesday, every Tuesday. Well, now I'll I'll show you some wild things now. All of a sudden, uh, one night, you know, and it was about the time Lakeland revival broke out in Lakeland, you know. And so, um, Robin, uh, we went down to Lakeland to see it. Just like you said, you go see something. Yeah. Man, I don't know if I believe that. Here's my advice for you. Shh. That's good. So we went down there and there were like 5,000 people getting baptized that night. <laughs> they had a swimming pool from Walmart sitting up out there. Oh, really? Yeah. And there was inside the tent and there were, there were pastors in the tent. And of course, uh, Todd, wasn't his name? His Todd name, Bentley. Todd, Todd, yeah, Bentley. Todd was, well, I knew his name, Todd, but Bentley, Todd Bentley. Yeah. He was in the pool and with these other pastors. Well, this water, I'll never forget this. I'm looking at it and there was a fog hanging over the tent. It was so thick. You just, you know, it, and it was hanging down literally like a fog. And I'm looking at that water and Steve, I'm telling you, my friend, the water was black and rolling like this. And it was just rolling. Really? And and the pastors were laughing. And Robin lined up to get in, and she's the pastor of our church, you know, my wife, Robin. Yeah. She lined up to get in that to be baptized. Well, she'd been baptized before. Sure. But when she got up there to that that ladder, and they said, what are you here to be baptized for? She said, I want to take that fire back to warrior. And so they said, they laughed and grabbed her buddy. And as we said in the South, they soused her under that water. (laughs) (laughs) She went, she came back up out of that water. Well, I don't know if this happened before or after, because things got to be a blur after that. Yeah, for sure. It was moving so fast. Well, I didn't get in that water that night and I kicked myself for that. Really? Don't know why I just, you know, so I, me and we stopped by this convenience store coming back. We had two car loads. And uh, so <laughs> I got out at this convenience store and I'm talking to 
one of the other guys that went with us. And I said, you know, I don't know why I didn't get in that water. He didn't either. And I, I looked at him. He said, uh, he said, you know, all them, him or I once said, all them wet clothes are still in the back of that car they wore. <laughs> oh, man. I said, yeah. And so I popped that hatch open. I grabbed them wet clothes and started wringing them out over my head. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Steve, it felt like fire hit the top of your head. And it started burning. Well, we were at home and, you know, we'd been praying all this time. Well, one night, and I don't know if I'm telling this in order or not, but Robin came out of the back bedroom of our house and she came out and she had that, that prophetic look in her eye, that prophet look. Yay. Yeah. Yay. That far off look, you know, and I, and she came out with her hands out like that. She was barefoot. It was storming outside. She said, the Lord said to go to warrior this fall. We had, had the church we have now. We just had a little old storefront built in 1906. I think it was. And, uh, she said, the Lord said, go to warrior and walk the sidewalk. Well, it's storming. I said, well, I'm going with you. The kids said, we're going with you. So we got down there in warrior and right down from the church is Jack's hamburgers down here. It's a Southern thing. And it's down here. And she comes walking up that sidewalk and there's broke places in it, mud holes. And she's barefoot with her hands out. She's still barefoot. Wow. Oh yeah. Lightning flashing. And I just, I'm right behind her walking. And so she's stepping in mud holes and demons would run up to the buildings out beside that sidewalk. When we'd get near them, she'd get up close to them. They'd run out and you could, I mean, man, it was, you just have to been there. She got right up to the old building we were at and stopped and it lifted. And the Lord said, now open the door and start. So we opened the door. And it was, a, uh, we started something, we called it seven days ablaze. Hmm. And we, and the Lord would tell me, he'd say, now, uh, I'll have to tell you about it sometime. These artificial trees, he'd have me bring in and set up. Right. And he'd say, now a speaker is going to show up out of nowhere tonight. And that'll be one of the speakers. There'll be seven of them. And sure enough, they would. Well, after that, I said, we said, Lord, what do we do now? He said, fan the flame. So we started praying. And then all at once, Steve, the Lord said, open that door and start. We opened the door and the band started playing. We play one hour, two hours, three hours. And people just started coming in. They come in from everywhere until like almost two blocks of cars here in really? streets and no advertisement now. They just show up fog and hang off the ceiling. They accused us of having fog machines and people's, uh, uh, leg grew out. Uh, a lady got up at, out of a wheelchair and she was blind. Her eye was sewed shut and the stitches turned loose and it really would run down her face and her eyes pop open. Her, her crippled arthritic hands would straighten out in front of everybody's eyes. Uh, Gold started falling out of the ceiling like flakes of it everywhere till it just covered my hair like that. 
crazy the youth would would get in a circle around in the altar area and whoever got in it would get healed of whatever was wrong with them didn't make any difference what was wrong diabetes was being healed like you'd snap your finger i mean that was the main thing that stuck out in that move help elijah streams continue to reach people around the world all donations go toward making elijah streams and the elijah streams podcast possible visit elijahstreams.com give and become a partner today we call it the 50 nights you couldn't sleep i'd go home we never received an offering not one night we'd go home and I'd lay down like that on the bed and the Lord would shout my name, Robin. I'd sit straight up in the middle of the bed and you didn't sleep. And by the end of that 50 nights, it was like you had a wire just pulling it like this. That's the way you felt on the inside. And um, miracles that would stagger your mind happened in those 50 nights. I mean, Steve, it was like nothing you had ever seen wild things would happen. Like one night we were playing and you know, when we play, we play, man. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we're, we're playing, but the youth was doing all the praying and I'm, I'm standing up there and Robin looked over at me and her eyes got big. And she said, I saw this angel standing on the other side of you over there and said, I guess it was an angel said it had this harp. And he was throwing his hair back, had long hair, and he was rocking out with it. <laughs> rocking out with the harp. Well, right. when it was over that night, about an eight-year-old boy who was like an artist, he was really good, eight or nine years old. He didn't know that. He came up to the stage and said, I saw an angel right there beside that stage, and this is what he looked like, and held it up, and he was an angel with long hair playing a harp. Gee and forth and and things light would flash around the room big balls of light would just ricochet around the room and steve it was just stuff amazing a young boy had broken his arm and he when he was 12 and he broke it up this way fell up steps and it snapped this way Mm. or they fused it together and he had a scar about that big right here yeah. And he didn't know Jesus, didn't know nothing about him. He was about 20, 22, and he fell out under the power. And he's laying there, and his 13 year old niece was over him looking at him. Then she started gagging like she really? was going to throw up. And I, I looked back there, and another guy was standing back there that, that we knew. And she said, You can hear the bones cracking in his arm. It's just sickening sounding. You can just hear this. And I looked back then. That guy was shaking his head. And just like this, the guy was on the floor and his arm was like this. And he went, just straightened his arm out. When he got up off the floor, he didn't know he'd been healed. And he just really? reached up like this and fixed his collar. And he said, wow, that was really something. And just fixed his collar. And he did. His mother took off running around that room, shouting and hollering because he had never been able to do that. And so that's what a revolution looks like. Amazing. A guy came running in one night. One night we played and we played and we played. And that old building would expand. It really? Would grow. Oh, really? Tell you, brother, it would just grow. And then it would go back small. and. 
this one guy come in one night, and it was one of the only nights nobody showed up, just very few. And this one guy came walking in the door, and he walked up, and he said, I need prayer for my ear. And it was one of the only times I prayed for somebody. I put my finger in his ear, and I told that de devil in his ear to come out of his ear. He snapped his head like that, and he took off running out the door. And he, we didn't see him again for about a week. Then he came back one night and he just slid into the altar. And he got up and he said, the night I came, I'd been trying to join the military for a long time. And I, my eardrum was busted or something and they would not take me. And he said, after that night, now he's in the military. He went and they confirmed nothing wrong with his ear. Gee. And when he snapped his head is when he could suddenly hear. And so things like that would happen. A man got threw out on a highway one night down, right down below us on the interstate. And uh, it broke his leg. Well, they were mm. going to take him to a hospital. And he heard about that meeting. He said, take me there. They brought him in and the youth saw him. And they started circling around like this around him. They called it the pool of Bethesda. Oh, that's good. And they got him up in the pool and he put his foot down, man. And I mean, he'd cry. It was pain. He couldn't put his foot down. His leg was broke. They just undaunted. They just kept circling, kept circling. And all at once he put his foot down. He opened his eyes. He stomped his foot. He started dancing on his legs and he was completely healed. I told that to a pastor friend of mine and several months later, in Dothan, Alabama, he was a chaplain, a kind of a chaplain at a prison ministry there. He stood up and told that story. People were just looking at him. And a guy jumped up in the back and said, that story's true because that was me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He, and so he, he was in prison, but he, <laughs> but he testified that that was him. And that's what happened. Now, Steve, that's a revolution. And I remember WDJC in Birmingham, the largest Christian radio station here, called us and said, we want you to come down here and tell us what's happening in Warrior. Well, we went down there and I, I told them, started telling these stories, and I've got it documented. I've got it on, on DVD almost every night. I've got it listed like a diary, what happened really? each the miracles and all that. Yeah. And, and it was just amazing each night. And the Lord gave a scripture for each night and miracles would break out. <clears throat> well, religion here around us would post things on their sign. It's not of God. If you don't have a covering, if you oh, don't have a covering, it's not of God oh. and because it wasn't happening there. Well, People wonder what happened here in Warrior, why this ministry just took off. Number one is because we support Israel so much. Yeah, that's good. Number two is this. The Lord told me on April 12th, I think it was, I don't know if it was 16 or 17. He said, I want you to send out invitations to every pastor in this town. And he told me what to write. 
He said, there's going to be a visitation come to Warrior, and he wants you to be a part of it. And so I pitched a tent on City Hall up here in the, on the lawn, I mean. And I invited all these pastors. Steve, I even, the Lord said, I want you to go to town, buy you a suit and tie. And this is what it looks like so that they'll listen to what you say. So I did. And I set up the tent. Only a handful of people from our church and Robin, the pastor, showed up. Not one soul came. Not one. And the Lord gave a prophetic word of what was coming. And all at once, Robin jumped up out of her seat and she said, as for the pastor of Church International, we'll take it. We'll take it. And now people come here from state after state every week. The Lord hit and visited this town and he's on visiting warrior right now my goodness big and and our church the lord built church international in five months and now a church that it's it seats a thousand people right out of thousand that's a lot that's a huge for warrior yeah warrior's a small place and but it's a place of prophets and it's a place of warriors And they come from everywhere out of the country to be here. And God wanted every pastor to be a part of that. Every one of them. But nobody would come. And they missed the time of their visitation. Now, now pastors are getting excited because of all the excitement in Warrior. And I'm glad. And I want want everybody to prosper. But you cannot miss the time of your visitation. And Asbury is a visitation. Lee is a visitation. The, the uh, Birmingham, Sanford's a visitation. Georgia's a visitation. Everywhere this is spreading, don't miss it. Yeah. Don't miss that. So good. Uh, already, places like secular news channels are covering it. And it's only the Christians that are criticizing it. Oh man, I, I I don't know which colleges are any of the secular colleges or so far are they Christian colleges? I, I don't know. Okay, uh, I don't know. I know in Sanford, guys here in Birmingham, that's a Christian college, isn't it? Isn't that Christian? And then Asbury, we know, and then uh, Lee, if it's Lee in Tennessee, I'm sure that's Christian. And then, um, but I don't know about Georgia. Tucker Carlson uh, covered it for the second time last night, and he said we were all packed and ready to go. We were going to come. They said we could come, and he Mm. said we got a call, and they said please don't come. And he said so. We asked why, and he says we're not. He says the college says we're not. We're not political. We're not whatever. And this we're not trying to get news coverage. We're just this is just a visitation. However, they said it. And he's and basically he said, you know what? We respect them more now than we did before in so many words. And uh, his not coming created more interest than if he did come, I think. So I I was very respectful of that. So I thought and I want to ask again, you know, anybody that's criticizing these moves of God. Yeah, you want to ask? Have you have you ever helped anybody? <laughs> and it's such a prime, you, you know, know, 
It's such an important question, man. Yeah, and you have to ask yourself that. And yeah. and uh, you know, I'm not talking about you, Steve. But no, I'm I understand about it. But I mean, this, we that. talked about earlier cynics and those that are mm-hmm. faithless. They're mm-hmm. Christians, but they're cynics. The, the the it seems like the definition of a cynic is I will stand uh, to the side and tell you what's wrong. And why it's probably not God. That's a sinning. And I don't I don't just don't doubt it. I'd like it to be true, but I don't think it's true. And then they stand up. Um well and a thousand get saved and yeah. and still have something to say about it. Yeah, and they're still and they're standing off to the side, not helping anyone. You, so, yeah, and, and the and religion is like that. You know, religion's yeah. ugly and it's mean. Yeah. It's mean. Yeah, it says you have to look like us, talk like us, speak like us, jump like us. You got to do everything we do, or it cannot be God. It just can't be God. Even the whole thing of the covering—it's just a made-up doctrine. To, to you know, you, you tie the deal, human, or however you say that, and yet you make your uh, people whatever it is more times a sense of hell through what they're doing. Yeah. Like Jesus said, you know, yeah. Or no, that was the one where he said you'd neglect the weightier matters of the law, you know, which is justice and mercy. And they're not operating in any of that, you know, justice and no, mercy. No, and and I asked somebody one time, I said, Okay. I said, uh, okay, on this denomination, who started that? And I said, Who was their covering when they started? When they started that, who cover who was their covering? Right. No, that they wasn't their covering. They they were considered rebels. Yeah, absolutely. Coming out of another movement. Absolutely. You know, the Catholic considered the Lutherans rebelling. Lutherans yeah. and persecuted, uh, you know, uh, Methodists when they came out of there. Uh, Methodists, uh, on, on and on it goes. And so you you have to, you know, this covering thing. John yeah. the Baptist. What was his covering? I'd like to know who Jesus' covering was. Yeah. I'd, I, this is all this is is excuses at why it can't be God. You know, and and people are uh, are they're brainwashed in that a lot of times. And I want to know this: what are a lot of people who gave prophecies going to do when that backed away when their prophecies come to pass? Because they, a lot of the prophecies people backed away from are going to happen. Then what? Well, yeah, that, oh, I know exactly what you're saying. In other words, they prophesied this is going to happen in the political sphere. Then they apologized for saying oh, whatever, that. Or just then, back well, off from it. Yeah, and then one of them apologized and is still out and about bragging that he apologized. And what's he going to do when it actually happens? He's going to say, I'm sorry that I said I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Poor but, guy. But, here is the thing. Say we're so conditioned, and I'm sure yeah. I'm not judging prophets. Yeah. Now, you just have to know that. I yeah. just, I'm not qualified for that. But here is the thing. We have to, we have conditioned ourselves so much to not believe. Mm. We've let religion make us not believe until it can happen right in front of you and you can't see it. It's called religious subversion. It's religious subversion. See, you know, Sun Tzu wrote that book on the art of war and how to overthrow a nation. He did that about 3,000 years ago. Jeez. The Soviet Union 
use that book. Russia still uses it. And it's it's propaganda. It's a it's how to overthrow a nation without any bloodshed. And the first thing you do is infiltrate that nation with your ideas. You fill their colleges and their universities with your ideas. And so you go in there like that. And uh, then it, they said the first stage, it's done in four stages. The first stage, it takes 15 to 20 years to make that happen. Because you have to have, uh, I think it's two or three generations of educated people. And it's called demoralization. Hmm. Moralize your belief until they change your opinions to look like theirs. And that's the way the communists did in our nation. They begin to do that. And so then once they're demoralized, that demoralized generation goes out and gets jobs as newscasters, political figures. Oh, man. They start taking over these things. Now, here's the thing. Once they're demoralized, this is what's said. Said you cannot make them believe, even if you show them pictures of it happening, they won't believe it. And and according, you know, they said you could take them to a Soviet uh, concentration camp, and they still wouldn't believe it. Looking at it, they wouldn't believe it. And um, so once they're demoralized, they can't see it, Steve. If it's black and white, they can't see it. And then the next thing they do is destabilization. They destabilize and cause riots and all this kind of stuff. Well, you've seen all that happen. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing is crisis. The next thing is normalization. So what you're looking at is religious subversion. It's all called subversion, the art of war. And you're looking at religious subversion. We have been demoralized as a whole not to believe what Jesus said demoralized until you can look at it black and white and say, well, I don't know. I wonder if he really means that. Yeah. You can see somebody's leg grow out in front of you. Well, I wonder if that it was real. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if this happened. I wonder if that happened. I wonder if all that's really true. Well, the 50 yeah. nights, I can tell you it was true. Yeah. And Robin, I, I grew up, I grew yeah. up in that, what you're describing yeah. I went and whenever they say a Bible, it was very clear. I go, it probably doesn't mean that. Mm. Or I'd say that was then. And the people that taught me that, Robin, were the people who had just as many blinders and they believed what they were yeah. saying. They weren't yeah. trying to throw me astray. They weren't trying to say, they really believe that never, that's not yeah. for now. And so when yeah. they taught me that, I go, well, they, they know. And yeah, so we're, yeah. yeah. Three or four generations well, into it, you know. Well, it's a sub, it's a religious subversion. Yeah. Until they've been demoralized to that they don't believe that anymore. You know, uh, remember Thomas? Well, mm. we're, we're going with this, but but you know, people say, well, if I could just see that, I would believe it. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't either. Your mind would talk you out of it so fast. You wouldn't even, I mean, it'd talk you out of it that quick. By the time you left its presence, you'd say, I wonder if I really saw that. Or I wonder if he was playing a trick. Or I wonder if yeah. that was just emotionalism. Or I wonder if he made that up. Or I wonder if he, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Boy, I've seen that. It's Yeah, I, I've watched a, a young man's leg grow out one night. 
to the point he had a six inch shorter leg than the other. It grew out so to the point that the, the young man himself was staring at his own feet while he was walking. He said, I ain't done this since I was 12 years old. He said, I can't believe this. I mean, he's just standing up straight. Another young man in the room looked at him and said, man, this, this is just like magic, only it's real. And everybody was excited. His leg grew out. His body straightened up. Everything. Within a week, it was as short as it was before. Really? Because he began to talk about it every day. I don't know if that really happened I, I, or something to that effect. And was talked out of it. Well, you know, remember the guy, well, you don't remember, but the guy went before the, the religious council in Jesus day and said, they said, what did he do to you to open your eyes? He said, well, he spit on the ground. He made clay, stuck it in my eyes. And now told me to go wash. And now I see, they said, um, well, this man's a sinner. We, <laughs> we know he's a sinner. And the, and and the man said, well, sinner or not, I don't know. And they said, well, let's call his parents in. Let's see if he was really born blind. Yeah, this is our son. And was he born blind? Yes, he was. But how he can see, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. Let him answer for himself. And he said, what did he do to you? He said, I've already told you. He said, would you hear it again? He said, he spit on the ground. He made clay, stuck it in my eye, told me to wash. Now I see. He said, would you be his disciples? He said, this man's a sinner. They said, he's a sinner. The guy, the blind man who could see said, well, sinner or not, I don't know. He said, but there's one thing I do know. I was blind and now I can see. And so that settled the issue. And they threw him out of church, Steve. They just threw him out. Well, I mean, that's always dumbfounded me in that passage because they saw with their own eyes, they verified it. And this yeah. is what you were just saying. If someone shows it to you with a camera yeah. and, the, and replays it, they still won't believe. Yeah. Their their hearts were so hard yeah. that they they literally couldn't believe that this was either a real miracle or he was, I don't even know what they would have had to do to justify throwing him out, I, except the fear of losing their position with Rome or something, you know? You know, I was, um, I remember we had a, we, we first started ministry. We opened a youth center. It was like a nightclub for teenagers, you know, because yeah. I got saved. That's what I did was play, play yeah. in nightclubs. And I didn't know anything else to do. So I just, I just would preach and, you know, I was excited and I'd preach and I'd, and miracles would break out. Gee. And I didn't know they wasn't supposed to, you know? And so they just happened and everybody just start packing that little building out. And I, this was before the ramp was in, you know, happened. Yeah. And there was some people came down that worked with, with Karen and, uh, Karen Wheaton and they came down and they knew her. And th this was before the ramp started now. And one of them had real long hair past his belt. Well, I was standing up there laying hands on people, young people, and they're just falling out. Jim. And he came up and lifted his hands up. And I didn't know what he was saying. He told me later. 
he was saying, I'm not going to fall. 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 And he was saying that when he was getting up off the floor, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall. It's hilarious. And Steve, it was happening so big. They were carrying teenagers out by the ankles and the hands one o'clock in the morning, 12 at night, one in the morning, carrying them out where they had fallen out under the power of God out to their cars at night. That's the kind of move of God that was happening. I was in the power of God was so strong. Uh, things were, I mean, cast. You, I just have to tell you another program on yeah, this, but this one guy, he came in and I'm sitting over in the, in a booth while the kids are just, you know, we'd had a DJ or we had a band, we'd have dramas and they called us cult then, you know, it was a cult and all this kind of stuff. And so me and this other guy was sitting over in a corner. He was a Vietnam vet and I was just sitting over there talking to him and the, all the teenagers were enjoying themselves. And this one guy come through the door and he had a sleeveless shirt on, had demons all over his arms, you know, tattooed. And he looked around the room at all those kids. He was a young man in his twenties, maybe he looked around the room and then he spotted me and, and Paul, this friend of mine sitting over in, in the corner. He said, pointed his finger at me and said, I want to see you outside. I looked at Paul. I said, you want to go outside? He said, yeah. He just smiled all the time. You know, we went outside and I stood up against the wall, the building. He stood in front of me. That guy did. And he looked at me a minute and then he pulled his shirt up and he had a pistol in his belt. Oh my goodness. And he said, Basically, he said, you got five minutes to talk me out of blowing my brains out. He came there to kill himself around all them kids. And I'm just looking at him and I can't flinch, you know. And and he's already nervous. And so I said, Holy Ghost inside me. I said, show me what to do. Help me. And all of a sudden that guy <laughs> looked at me and he said, I got to go to the bathroom just like that, just like that. And he, he said, I got to go to the bathroom. And he started for the door and I said, Hey, hold it, hold it. I said, you can't go in there with that piece. He said, Oh yeah. Pulled it out of his belt and handed it to me and took off into the bathroom. Well, I stuck it in my belt and pulled my sweatshirt over it and waited on him to come out. <laughs> he got born again. Oh my he goodness. Got completely delivered. And that night I was given an altar call and I remembered I had that pistol in my belt. <laughs> <laughs> and so the power, that's the Jesus revolution. Yeah, it is. Wow. That's the way that stuff happens, man. And we had people and witches and witchcraft would come in and have this. One of them came and had this crystal around her neck like this. And she'd come in that little building, she's doing this. Cause the Holy Ghost would just heat that place up, you know. And she was doing like this with that crystal. She she looked around. She said, "Ooh, ooh, it's hot in here. It's hot in here. Oh, well, something's wrong." And a teenager standing beside her said, "Ah, oh, it's a Holy Ghost now. You're going to get delivered, and this and that." And <laughs> she got saved, delivered, and and took off her witch shirt and put on one of our youth shirts and. By the end of that night, she was completely free. 
That's amazing. Man. Do you believe, I know this is about our time, but do you believe yeah. that this next Jesus, Jesus revolution uh, is yeah. going to eclipse and far surpass what happened in the first Jesus movement as we know it? Here's what I really think is going to happen, Steve. I yeah. believe that this revolution, I don't think the first one was finished. Yeah. And I think, I think religion probably stopped it. Yeah, I do too. And I believe that that's going to pick up and God's going to complete something he never finished. That's and good. it's going to start again. And it's just going to pick up where it left off, but it will be modern. It'll be modern Lonnie Frisbees. Yeah. It'll be modern Chuck Smiths. That's It'll good. be modern people like that. And, and the hippie movement coming in will be the, the Mohawk purple hair gauges in their ears and nose rings, tongue rings, tattoos on them, cowboy hats, cowboy boots, uh, from all walks of life. They're going to come every color, every oh, creed, and they're going to love each other. And you'll see that that's, what's going to be the earmark of it. They're going to love each other, but religion won't love them. It'll hate them. And it'll try to force them into suits and ties and, and, you know, things like that. And God's not even interested in that. Robin, what would you say? There's people probably watching now and the people that will see this on the replay. There's the religion that's hardcore. And then there's this revolution and revival that's happening. What yeah. would you say to the people that are on the outskirts? They've always been a cynic. They've tried to not be a cynic, but they're cynic, but they don't want to be a cynic. What would you tell them to do at this time in life, even today? What would you what would you say to them? You know, what I would say to somebody is this, and Krista asked me this yesterday. We oh, were, really? Uh, my well, kind of like this. Yeah. Robin and I and Krista were we were we went out to eat yesterday evening. And um we were going over to a favorite place of ours, a, a Jewish friend of of mine. Powers owns the, this restaurant. And so we go to his place a lot. And I, I was going over there and she said, she said, I, I asked myself, her talking about herself. I asked myself during this revolution. So we're talking about it in private as much yeah. as we are right here. Yeah. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. During this revolution, what is the wildest thing that you would have to, that would show up at church? Yeah. That you're going to have to make an adjustment to be able to handle. Oh, wow. Good question. And she answered herself for what her thing was. And other people were answering what their thing was to her. So what I've got, what I would ask people is this, the same question. If all of a sudden the Jesus revolution showed up at your door, at your church door, what is the one thing you couldn't get past? What do you think would be hindering you from, from not letting that in your church? You need to deal with that. Get asked, if you're really honest with yourself, ask the Lord to show you. What is it that I couldn't deal with? Um, is it 
is it racism? Is it, um, is it drug culture? Is it if homosexuals showed up at your church? Is it, um, is it if, if Islam showed up at your church? Wow. What is it? If somebody showed up, I had that, I had this scene flash through my mind. Somebody show up with snakes around their, their, their shoulder. If, if voodoo people showed up and I've seen people with snakes around their shoulders on sidewalks, walking around, I've, I've seen that. Well, if they showed up at your church, crazy eyed looking, could you get past that? What would be your answer to that? What wow. would you do? You, you've got to start asking yourself. That's good. And so that you as a believer could say, and I'm going to tell you straight up, if you can't deal with Asbury, you will never deal with the revolution that's coming. Wow. That's, you just yeah. will never, because it's going to be born in that fire. See, that's, that's probably given birth to this revolution is all these colleges. And it's going to break out. And when it does, everybody's going to get Jesus hungry. Is it, is it a fair thing to say God, and it's just me making up the statement, is it a fair thing to say God has no intentions of making this not messy? In other words, he's not interested Brother, in it. I don't, you know, I, he can do anything he wants to, to, as far as I'm concerned. I don't, however he wants to do it, but I just don't see how it, how, <laughs> how, a Jesus revolution is yeah. just going to be all packed up neat and tight with a little bow on top of it. Doesn't seem it like may it. be, but if you have so. somebody show up at your church, riding a Buffalo with seven <laughs> braids on their hair and, and a big nose ring in their, in their nose, you better be ready to deal with this. Yeah. And they come up and look at you and say, I just want Jesus. I mean, what, what you going to do, man? You know, Jesse Duplantis was talking one time. This is not the revolution, but just think about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking one time. He was at a motorcycle rally at Brother Copeland's out on Eagle Mountain. And they were down baptizing in, in Eagle Mountain Lake. And this woman come in and said, and I think Mike Gober was out there with him or something, you know, was, <laughs> was part of the tribe of Judah. And this woman come out and had her dog with her. And she was going to get baptized and said, you got to baptize my dog. <laughs> and I, I don't know if it was Mac or who was with him said, mm, mm, no, I'm not going to, I just can't, I'm, you know, not going to baptize a dog. Jesse said, give me the dog. Dunked it under the water. <laughs> baptize the dog. You, you know, you've got to. That's actually a pretty good example. You know, quit being sure. so religious. Baptize the flipping dog. Yeah. Know? I mean, what, what yeah. would you say? I'd probably tell them this. You know, man, you know, uh, I, we, we, I want to welcome you to come on in the church. If, now, we're going to let our ushers look after your snakes until you get ready to leave. We're going to put them right over there in that box. And we'll just let the ushers watch over them. And then when you leave here, you can pick them snakes up if you still want. And I think that's, I don't know what else to do, but if yeah. we let you go in there with those, it'll scare everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's and, some practicalities, but it's not, you don't use a religious garb no. out of it. I mean, you don't. Yeah. Now, you know, I was 16 years old and I went in a church 
and uh robin was robin knew jesus you know and i i had known the lord when i was nine i'd go to a missionary baptist church and i got hungry for god and i'd sit on the front row man and, and i'd listen to that that baptist preacher his name was brother stripling man he was he could preach all mm. he could preach and you could feel fire run up the back of your legs man and i and i gave my heart to the lord at nine now i backslid you know like a somebody on a wet slide but i mm. you know but at that time i knew the lord and uh so but when i met robin she i met her in church and so she was singing for one group. I was playing guitar for another. They got me, it was quartet type groups. And they asked me, the older man had a group said, if you'll play for me, I'll let you play this SG Gibson I got. Oh, wow. I had never even seen a guitar like that and held one, you know. And so I'd, pl I'd play for him. And um, so his, that man's group, Robin was playing for his son's group. And so our, the mother of our group was making all their dresses for their group. And that's how I met Robin. And she came up there to try on her, uh, her clothes to see her new quartet dress. And I was in there playing guitar. And so that's how we met. Well, anyway, we ended up, of course, in the same group together. And we went to this church one day. It's a denominational church. My hair was about long as it is now, and it, it could have been longer. I don't know. But anyway, I was, I looked like I kind of like I do now. And so I went in there to set up equipment. I was going, I played guitar for the group. And the deacons came over there and told the head of the group, said, we're, you know, y'all can all play here, but he can't. I said, he can't play here. And I'm sitting, oh, I was 16 years old. And I was sitting over there looking. And I was poor as Job's turkey to start with, you know. I mean, I was, you know, my, my dress-up clothes to go to church was an old pair of knit pants. And uh, I lived in a trailer park, nothing wrong with that. But we didn't have nothing, man. Yeah. And my shoes was a pair of half boots patent leather boots you remember patent leather oh yeah Shiny. And they were picked out everywhere picked out you know just chipped up and i didn't have anything and so but i had this guitar and um they told me he can't play here his his hair's too long he don't look like our church and steve in front of everybody they made me get up and I picked up, put my guitar back in its case. And I remember walking out, holding it like a, like I'd hold a child or something. And I had to walk out while everybody stared at me. While those people watched that me leave so... and go out and sit in the van until the singing was over. This is what you mean when G the, the, that religion killed the Jesus movement, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's just, I'm surprised. Did you, I mean, I, if I, 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 people would have left the Lord over such things. Well, I, I went round about the barn after that, you yeah. know, I went everywhere and I ended up in nightclubs. I ended up because if the church didn't want me to play, I, I ended up playing for the world and I, you know, and, and then one night 
I met the real Jesus. I, <laughs> and now I could now I could weep. Yeah. Because Steve, I met him. Listen, my brother, I met him. Really? I, I'm telling you, I came out of that nightclub at two o'clock in the morning. I sat down in my car. I was the head of two bands by that time. And I let my seat back on that car. And I remember laying my head back like that. And I said, God, that's dark. I said, God, are you ready for this? I said, how did I get here? How did I get here? I was, I was killing myself. I mean, I was killing myself, man. I was, I was, I was drinking enough to kill myself. Dude. And I was playing every night, all day, all night. I'd go up and rehearse at 10 in the morning, play till two the next morning. Dude. And I just, and I said, how did I get here? And I heard him speak. I didn't know you wasn't supposed to hear God talk. So I just heard him. And he said, you don't have to stay. He never told me cut my hair, quit drinking, quit doing this, quit doing that. He just said, you don't have to stay. Man, that was news to me. Wow. And you heard it so clearly. I heard it, Steve, just like you're talking. Wow. And I don't know if I heard it here. I probably heard it in here. But he said, you don't have to stay. And I realized I wasn't trapped forever. I thought that was it. I thought I'd just play there till I went to hell. That's just what I thought. Really? You thought you were oh. going to hell at that point? Oh, I was, listen, I, I, I was coming home one night. And Robin, now you have to remember this. Well, we're out of time, man. No, go ahead. Tell it, tell it, tell it. Robin got up one night. It was about three or four in the morning, you know, because I'd get off at two. So it'd take me, I, I, I was 70 miles from home playing. Mm. And I was driving in. She got up and walked down the hall. And she, when she rounded the little corner and looked in the living room, the chair I sat in was on fire. It was just blazing up Are fire. You serious? And she thought, God, the house is on fire. And she had to stop. She looked around. And when she looked back, it wasn't on fire. She saw it in the spirit. Well, I almost centered a bridge that night and died coming in. Well, now look at where I was. He showed her what was happening. There was still a redemptive quality somewhere in Robin. Well, I was up at that club that morning or one of the mornings close to that, about 10 o'clock. And I remember looking up over the bar there and they had the television on. I was up there rehearsing. And I looked up and Israel was in a, a skirmish and it was really heating up. And I looked up there at Israel at the IDF fighting. Mm -hmm. And I turned around, looked at somebody and I said, you know, that used to scare me. Every time I'd see something like that, that would scare me. And I said, I'm so glad that don't bother me anymore. I said, it just don't bother me anymore. And I smiled, looked back around. And when I did, I heard the Lord. He said, why don't that bother you anymore? And Steve, I, I trembled. 
really and started shaking because I'm going to tell you something. I want everybody to listen to me. Somewhere I crossed a line and I had no more conviction. Up until that time, I would stay under conviction. Not condemnation, conviction. Yeah. Because I knew the Lord at nine. And I'd stay under conviction. And I remember one night in that front nightclub I was playing in. It was a big place, had two clubs in it. And I was playing in the little one with the band there. And the first part of the week, big one, second part. And this guy stood up in the back and held his hands out like that and said, I am Jesus Christ. Oh, when he did, I got so mad. I took my microphone off the stand and threw it in the floor. I took my boot off and threw it across the room. Whoa. And I, I mean, I wanted to hurt this man. <laughs> you know, wow. one thing Southern boys do is you don't talk about God or mama. Don't talk about us. Don't talk about God or our mama wrong. Well, after that, somewhere I wasn't, I lost conviction, Steve. And it was at the time Robin saw that chair burning. Now, wherever our people say, well, you know, once you're saved, you just, well, I'm going to tell you something. Somewhere I crossed a line and I would have went to hell if I'd have died that night. And here was the scary part. I didn't know when I crossed it. You have no idea when. I had no idea that, that when and, and how long I had been across that line. Yeah. But the Lord woke me up when I looked at that television. I said, I'm glad that don't scare me anymore. And then I heard, why don't that scare you anymore? Oh, I, I shook. Because I don't know, Steve, how long that space was. Well, was and, and I mean, I can point this out. At least in the faithfulness of God who knew you had accepted him, he at least... There was that much left or something for him to, yeah. to, to be able to talk to you and you understood it was him. Yeah. See, I today think, on yeah. this program, somebody's listening. Yeah. That you you haven't been under conviction in a long time. Power, mm, Robin. The desire to go for God hasn't bothered you in a long time. You haven't had any pull. And then all of a sudden you hear this. And the Lord has returned to ask you something. Are you ready to come back to him right now? And if and the Jesus revolution could start right here today, right here, it could start on, on this program today, because if he's come back to you, Steve, what if I hadn't have accepted him after that? Yeah. What if I hadn't have done, what if I'd have, I believe it was my last call. How do you feel about praying for that person, at least one person that you're talking to right now? There's yeah. probably a group of people. Yeah. And just... Yeah, I, I think right now, and I want, I want people to listen to what I'm going to say. I think some of you, you know, they, they would have called us in those days, hippie type, thick old fags. You know, they just, they called us all kinds of names and in long haired, hippie looking people. But you know, the Lord never condemned me at all. He never said nothing about my hair. He never said nothing about my drinking. Can you imagine that? He never said nothing about what I was doing. I was playing the most horrible stuff you could imagine every night. I was providing the entertainment for people to send their way to hell. Wow. 
And he never mentioned it, Steve. He just said, you don't have to stay there. I could cry again. I, yeah. I didn't know I didn't. I thought this was my life until I went to hell. I just, I guess, I don't know what I thought. I thought I was beyond it. And I'd never get out. I didn't know how to get out. I thought I was trapped. Old boy came in, the 18-year-old boy one night came into a club I was playing at. Whiz on break. You play 45 minutes, break 15, all night, four sets, five sets a night. I'm sitting there at a table, and I have the band with me, and we're all sitting there. 24-year-old bass player. He was a phenomenal bass player, just great singer. And we're all young men. This young boy sneaks in. He gets in. He could really play a guitar. He said, I want to know. How do I get in the big time like you guys? He thought we was in the big time. Wow. And all of a sudden, the bass player, he used to sing Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues, and he'd weep on stage, tears would run down his face. He's jumped up from that table and slid that chair back. He leaned down over and looked around. He said, the question is not how do you get in here? It's how do we get out? And he stormed off. And that left everybody quiet. So people are wondering, how are you going to get out of sin? You think you're in a lifestyle you can't get out of. Jesus is not telling you, don't, don't, he's not condemning you for the drugs you're doing, for the alcohol you're drinking, for the adulterous lifestyle you're living in, for the homosexual lifestyle you're in. He's not, he's not condemning anything. All he's telling you to do is he's saying, you don't have to stay there. You know, it's wrong. You don't have to have anybody tell you it's wrong, Mm. but the Lord would say, you don't have to stay. And if you want free, it's as simple as a decision right now. Good friend of mine used to say, you can take 10 seconds on a Walmart watch and get saved. All you have to do is say this right now, this simple. Paul, the apostle said, when Jesus appeared to him, he said, who are you, Lord? Lord, that's the only prayer we ever have record that Paul prayed. So he said this, if you believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he's your Lord, you'll be saved. That's what he said. So let's take him at his word. And right now, wherever you are, don't worry about anything else around you. Don't worry about what your friends say. Don't worry about the the drug culture not letting you out or the homosexual community not letting you out or, or getting out of an adulterous lifestyle. You just right where you are, say, Jesus, I believe in my heart. God raised you from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. Take my life and don't leave me where I am and do something with it. And if you'll mean that, he'll come and you will start a brand new life this very second. And you will never regret that decision. And no matter what happens, he is with you forever. 
even to the end of the age. And that's my Jesus. And he loves you with all of his heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Very, very. Thanks for doing that, Robin. And, you know, it's not like I needed to ask you because you were going there anyway. But uh, there's just so many people. I know God is continuing to expand the people, especially after this Asbury thing. More and more people that wouldn't watch this will be watching this. Uh, The word's going to get out that that people can hear about the Lord and not religion here. If I can, if that makes sense. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, yeah. Start, start it where you are. Whoever's listening, just start, start talking about Jesus where you are. That fire just may hit right, boom, right where you are, man. Let the revolution begin here. So good. So good. Yeah. Well, everybody, it's been two hours, but it went fast, didn't it, Robin? <laughs> I never did get to what I was going to talk about. So. Well, we'll do it. We'll do it <laughs> next ahead. time. We got to get you back sooner th- these days because there's a lot going on. We may call yeah. on you a little bit, but you know, I know your schedule is busy. But uh, quick reminder, everybody: uh, Johnny will be back. Uh, Enlo will be back on Monday. So uh, always, always so good. God's really pushing. He has his finger on us in a loving way. I don't mean in a bad way. He's got his finger on us. Um, wow. You know, there's that scripture that says, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, the, yeah. the kingdom has come. And, you know, all we need is a finger to get rid of our junk. So uh, we need the Lord to give the devil the finger, basically, is another way to say that. So uh, <laughs> that's anyway, awesome, man. yeah, so God, that's a revolution. Let, yeah. You know, I said that once in public and then someone else said, I can't believe you said that, Steve. But God, Jesus gave the devil the finger. If I cast out demons by the finger of God, by the kingdom of God. So so he gave the devil the finger. All right. Well, uh, Robin, thank you so much. Give our love to your Robin and and Krista and all your staff and children. Not children, but your young ones. What do you call them in in the South? You're not, they're kids. Yeah, yeah so. they're, my, they're my children. They're my youngins. They're my babies. They're all my babies. You know? All of that. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. God bless you, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday with Johnny and the Winfielder. Have a great weekend. See you later. Shalom. Bye. I can almost do it now. Shalom. Shalom. You did it. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.